What's the deal? This is I'm Red Karan. This is Streams episode 12. It is. Um, it's been some developments in the past few days for some reason. Uh, I don't understand these algorithms on any of these sites, whether it be YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. I don't understand it, but right now, the odds are in my favor, I guess. I don't know what's going on, man. I appreciate all of the comments and the likes and the attention I've been getting. It's not what I do it for. I don't I do not do it for attention. I do want to be seen because I feel like I'm saying something worthy of being heard, but I'm not doing this for attention. Uh, but nonetheless, regardless, um, my TikTok blew up in the last, what, about 24 hours, we're approaching that mark right now. I think just passing the 24-hour mark, I've gained like 850 followers, had about 125,000 views and some like, I don't know, almost 20,000 likes or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the exact likes number, but man, it's been going crazy. My YouTube, I think I gained like, 11 subscribers in the last four or five days or something like that. I was just in Chicago. I just took a trip with my lady to Chicago. We were there for four days, and I posted a a reel the day before we left. And then the day, so I posted it on Wednesday. We arrived in Chicago on Thursday. When we got there, or on the way there, my video started blowing up for some reason. It shot up to like 11,000 views on Instagram. I don't know why. It just did it the day after I posted it, which is kind of unusual to me. It's kind of weird to me. Um, then um, I posted a reel on... Was that how it worked? No. I did. I, po I think I posted it. That's what happened. Okay, I got it wrong. I posted it on Thursday... It blew up on Friday, the day after we I got to Chicago. Then on Saturday, I posted another reel, and it went crazy almost within three hours of me posting it. I posted it. It started off real slow, and then within three hours, it just went crazy. Went up to like 13.2 thousand views, bunch of likes, a um, lot of attention on Instagram. Then on Sunday... I posted another reel, and it went crazier. Like 14,000 views, bunch of likes, a lot of comments. But on that Sunday, for some reason, Sunday, because today is Monday, so that was yesterday. You might, you might see this video later than that, obviously, but as of recording this, today is Monday. Yesterday, I posted that reel on Instagram. It went crazy, almost 14,000 views. But I posted, I post the same content on all of my stuff. YouTube, it always gets a couple thousand views every time, damn near. Almost. But on TikTok, my TikTok's usually dead. I only had like 77 followers. And I just posted on there just to be consistent across all of my platforms. Not because I was getting any real attention. The only people that really liked or commented on my TikToks were like people that I actually know, like family and you know, friends from work and stuff like that. Like, it's my TikTok was just people that I knew, I actually knew. And then for some reason, this particular Sunday, my last day in Chicago, 
I posted that on TikTok. Um, I don't know. It might have been around noon, 11 in the morning, Chicago time. And then on my way back, I think I started driving back to Detroit around 4 o'clock, 4.30-ish. And while I was driving, I had my phone laying on the, um, what do you call it? Like laying on the um, dashboard with my music playing. It was just plugged into my girl's radio. I was driving her. We drove her car. And it was plugged into the radio, and I kept seeing TikTok notifications popping up, and I didn't know why. It was like four hours, because there's like a four-hour, I live in Detroit. Between Chicago and Detroit, it's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive, a four-hour drive, depending on how fast you go. For hours and hours, I was seeing notifications pop up on my TikTok. But I'm driving, I didn't really look at it. I just, I was just focused on the road, right? So four and a half hours later, I get home, we get to my girl's house. We bring our bags in the house and I lay down and I look at my phone and I'm like, what is going on? At that time, I had about 20,000 views and like, you know, a couple thousand likes and uh, 50 comments, 60 comments. But that's way unusual for my TikTok because my TikTok, I usually get like four likes, three likes, no comments. You know what I'm saying? Like 60 views just by people that I actually know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't understand it. But so, yeah, I'm looking at it like, my, you know, my TikTok normally goes very, you know, it's nobody on there. I don't really use TikTok. I'm very new to TikTok. I just started posting to my TikTok like a, like a couple months ago. You know what I'm saying? And then I get home and I lay in the bed and I look at it like, bruh, I had like 150 new followers. Like, just out of nowhere. 20,000 views, like 2,000 likes on that video. So I'm like, dang, okay. So then we laying in bed, we talking and watching TV and we kind of just chilling. And I keep checking it, and it keeps going up and up and up and up. And I'm like, damn. Like 200 followers, 300 followers. We go to sleep, wake up. I got like 500, 600 new followers. Then I come to my, I come here, and I keep checking it. And it's still going up. Like, even right as we speak, it's still climbing. I'm getting, like, a couple followers every few minutes. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. I'm not mad at it, but I, it doesn't make any sense. Right now, as we speak, I'm over, I'm, like, a little over 800 new followers. Um, About 100, like I said, about 100, 120, 130,000 views, almost 20,000 likes, and it's still climbing, bro. I don't understand it, but I'll take it. I'm happy for it. This is what my cousin said would happen if I was to stay consistent. Um, and it's funny. You never know when it's going to happen, why it happens, what platform it'll happen on, because I've been trying to grow my YouTube. My YouTube is growing, but it's growing slowly, and I appreciate that, too. It's growing steadily and slowly and gradually. But, you know, I never would have expected of any, any of my platforms that TikTok would be the one to just blow up out of nowhere. But people are resonating with the topic the topic that I was talking about. Working a job, how your jobs think you're expendable, doesn't matter how hard you work. Obviously, people resonate with that. And I said, um, the other topic was, 
um, quitting my job was the best decision, one of the best decisions I ever made. And that's true. And I got a lot of great, um, I got a lot of comments, a lot of people agreeing, a lot of people saying that they did the same thing, quitting their jobs, a lot of people <laughs> laughing and saying, I don't need this type of energy, I just got my job. A lot of people saying um, all kinds of stuff, man. But I got a lot of, a, a few comments of people saying like, wow, you just had a baby and you quit your job. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And I understand the optics. I understand what you're saying. I understand why you're saying it, right? But here's what I didn't explain in that clip. The clip is only about 50-something seconds long. So let me expound. I had my son. Having my son, my first son, inspired me to quit my job because I wanted better for me and him. I wanted to pursue something that could potentially get me more money, more freedom, more control, and the ability to be a boss and to hire people and run a company of my own. So I took a risk. Yes, I had just had my son. He was six months old when I quit my job. Maybe, yeah, he was six, seven months old. I quit my job to find a better way to provide for him. I understand the optics, and I understand why you might be afraid, too. I understand why you might look at my decision to quit my job right after I had my son and say, oh, I wouldn't do that. That's scary. That's stupid. But I understand that you're just speaking from fear, and I understand that you don't understand what risk might feel like because playing it safe is the better option for you. I'm not mad at you for that. But don't criticize me for taking a risk because guess what? Everybody that you admire, even the person that owns the company that you work for, took risk. Took risks. All of them. There's not one rich person, unless they were born into wealth, I'm saying, there's not one rich person that created their wealth without taking risks, because that's what's necessary. Some people hit the lottery. Plan, paying for lottery tickets and playing the lottery is a risk. You know what I'm saying? You could potentially be throwing money in the garbage. Some people became wealthy by trading stocks. Some people became wealthy by starting businesses with their last dollars. Some people became wealthy by selling drugs. Risks. So I understand why you speak from that fearful mind state and telling me that my risk is ridiculous because you couldn't see yourself doing it or because you can't do it. I understand, you know. But I feel like your inability to consider a different perspective and to consider that maybe the outcome could be good shows how little your mind is. Yes, I have my son. And I quit my job because I felt like there was something better for me and for him and my second-born son outside of the job that I worked. The job that I worked paid me a certain amount of dollars an hour. I quit that job, and within eight months, I had this. Within eight months, I had this. Right? Making way more money an hour than they were paying me. 
And you know, that's the thing about working for yourself. You decide how much you will get paid so long as you can find other people to patronize your business and see the value in you that you see in you. And that's what I did. Plenty of people in the comments saying, oh, bro, why would you do that? Why would you quit? <laughs> because I was, well, I won't say I wasn't afraid because I was afraid. But I wasn't so afraid that it kept me from a better life. You know, I'm not living in a palace. I'm not rich. But I am happier. I do make way more money. I have so much more freedom. Because now that I have two sons, the reason I wanted to quit my job is so, so that someone else couldn't tell me when I get to raise my son and when I don't get to raise my son. Because if I work a schedule, a job that isn't flexible, they say, you have to be here X, Y, and Z day. And if you're not here, it's an absence. And if you get too many absences, you're fired. So I quit my job so that I could decide what days I work and when I could stay home with my son that I cherish more than anything. You work for a company that you're afraid to quit but the person that employs you and pays your paycheck have all the freedom that you wish you had. So that's why I quit my job after I had my son, so that I could be more present in his life. If you're too afraid to do that, then you say that. But you leave me alone. <laughs> you feel me? But anyway, that gets me into um, the topic for the day, man. The topic for today is actually do for self. Do for self. That applies to many things. A lot of times when I hear that term, I think about individual doing for yourself. You know, meaning, it can mean a lot of things. Doing for yourself can mean having a garden in your backyard so that you don't have to re rely on the, you know, agricultural industry in our country and worry about food shortages and things like that. When I hear do for self, I think about quitting your job and working for yourself, starting a company, doing freelance work, learning a trade that could be carpentry, plumbing, automotive, you know, auto mechanics. It could be robotics. It could be whatever. You could go into phlebotomy. You can go into, there's all kinds of fields. You could be a freelancer, um, you know, sketch, you could be an artist, an actual physical drawing artist. You could do graphic art. You could do album cover art. You could do whatever. You could do packaging design. I know people that do all of that stuff. You could do clothes. You could design shoes. You know, whatever it is, you can make a jacket and get it pressed up and sell it. I know people that do all of these things. I know a lot of people that don't work jobs. You could be a drug dealer. You could be a landscaper. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do. You don't have to be afraid. You could just try things. And guess what? Sometimes you'll fail. I had, like I said in many videos before this one, I had a studio before this studio. It was called The Red Room. It was in, it was in Corktown in Detroit. Michigan Avenue, Rosa Parks, close to Southwest, 
close to downtown, nice area. The space was allotted to me by a friend, a white lady. I met her through my ex. We met with her, went to have drinks with her. We left the bar, went to her house, went to not her house, went to her, 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 her space. She was renting a space that consisted of three rooms inside of another space. It was like a shared workspace. There was offices and stuff like that. She was renting three rooms. One was a big rectangular room that she wasn't using. It was just kind of storage. Another was a smaller room that she was just using for storage because she was a music teacher. She had drums and instruments and stuff in there. Then she had another little small, little quaint room that she, she used to teach in. The bigger room and the other small room, she wasn't using at all. She was like, yeah, you can you, you can rent my space. You know, I'm not really using it. You just pay me a little bit of rent and, you know, you can use it. I said, okay, bet. I was in there from, I believe, 2015 to 2017. Probably was like middle of 2015. Sometime in the summer, I think. I don't remember. And then I was out of there by like January of 2017. I failed. I didn't have a lot of clientele. I had maybe four or five clients. They didn't come very often. They were young and they didn't have a lot of money. My name didn't have the value that it has today. I'm still growing. I'm not, you know, I'm not universally known in this city. I'm just an engineer, bro. There's a lot of people that know me. But there's a lot of there's a little bit of competition in the city too. So I have to constantly compete with other studios, other engineers, and home studios too. But at this time, especially, I didn't have no clients. I had a few clients. And it was it almost didn't make sense because I was paying three hundred dollars in rent for this space. Very reasonable price, especially for the location. Three hundred dollars in rent, the room size is big. You know, she allowed me to do whatever I wanted. I painted and she was like, you could build build it up or whatever you want to do. I couldn't afford to do all of that. And I, I almost wasn't even in there long enough to do that. Um, I advertised myself on Instagram, Twitter. Friends, you know, word of mouth. Friends would recommend me to artists that they knew. But I only had a few clients that came through there. I was charging $30 an hour. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of money. It was more money than I was making at my day job, which I worked at the same time as this first studio. But my name wasn't growing the way that I wish it had. And I failed on my first attempt at this. I failed. It wasn't easy for me to stay afloat. I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do it. I, I tried it, and I, I lasted for a long time, right? Then the, the building ended up getting, being condemned. That was really the biggest part of my, um, the failure is that the building ended up getting shut down and torn down. It, it doesn't even exist anymore today. Um, that, that was like a major roadblock. It was unexpected. It was unplanned for. Um, so I feel like if that hadn't happened, maybe I would have kept growing in that space, but... Even before the building got shut down, it was hard for me to stay afloat. So I had to pack up shopping, go back to work. And I was like, well, I'm going to just go back to work. This was 2017. 
January, February 2017. Went back to work and said, forget it. I'm going to just, you know, I ain't going to worry about the studio thing right now. Maybe it's not in the cards for me. I can't do it. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was capable of doing it, but I tried it anyway. I doubted myself. Let me just, I'll put it in those words. I doubted my ability to be successful at anything. All I knew was grunt work, working for a company, getting a paycheck, going home, wash, rinse, and, and repeat. And I spent about another year trying to figure out what I was going to do. This was 2017. 2018 rolls around, and that's when I quit my job. It was February. It was literally like 12 months after that studio shutdown. I quit my job and said, I'm about to try again. Because I had a taste of what that freedom would be. Because on my days off, I would go to the studio. I didn't have, a, I didn't have my kid yet. I would go to the studio all day. I would mix records, I would make beats, I would work on my space, work on advertising myself. I was running around the city meeting people, networking, very little, because I'm not so good at that. It was like just little micro interactions I would have with people. I had business cards and flyers and I was promoting myself. I was, I was, I was, you know, these are all my days off from my day job. I was working all day to get my studio somewhere that it was sustainable so that I could quit my day job. But it didn't work out. But I got a taste of that freedom. That's the point. The taste of the freedom that I got, it was like a drug. It was intoxicating. I love the feeling of being able to leave the house and have to figure it out. How am I going to drum up business? How am I going to gain new clients? How am I going to make my business appealing to an artist that has so many options of other studios and other engineers? How? I was, I was deeply entrenched into music. It's what I did. It's what I do. So on my days off from my day job, I mean, from yeah, from my day job, I used to be in a studio entrenched in music finding out how to make money through music, making beats all day, doing what I love. And it was something that I could never forget. Even after the studio closed, it was like I was fiending for that feeling again. I went back to work for a year, and then I had that epiphany in the clip that I posted where I just got up, realized I didn't want to go to work anymore, and I quit. And then I seen other people in the comments saying, I want to know what he did next. What I did next was I went to work at another studio that I was familiar with because I had done work in the studio before as an engineer and as a artist, as a producer. I was familiar with this studio in the area. I applied to work at the studio. It was very scary. Let me not get that twisted. Quitting my job was terrifying. It was a steady paycheck. It was something that it was something that I could look forward to without a doubt every two weeks. It was a paycheck. It was a pretty decent paycheck. But I walked away. And I know it seems irrational. I know it seems 
nonsensical. But I did it because it was what's it was what was best for me and my family. I had the blessing of my my kids' mother. I had the blessing of my peers, my cousins, my friends. Even encouraged it. Chase your dreams, bro. Do what you gotta do. You know why? Because the people in my life love me. That's all there is to it. I'm not, and I'm not implying that. You don't have anyone, whoever you might be. I'm not saying that you don't have anyone that loves you. I'm just talking about me. The people around me encouraged me to do what I loved and what they knew that I loved doing. They supported me. Anything I could do to help you, let me know. From my mama to my cousin to my friends to my baby mama to whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't feel guilty about doing it because I was encouraged to do it. Because they believed that I could do it. They believed in me almost more than I believed in me. So I tried again. I went to work for another studio. I worked there for three or four months. And guess what? Guess what I found out? Going to work for that studio, I ran into so many artists that admired my work. They couldn't believe how good I was as opposed to what they were used to. This is what they told me. Like, dog, you so good at this sh I still got clients from back then, five years ago, looking for me today, bro. I made an impression. That four, three, three four-month period, working for this other studio, it built my name up so much that I had a clientele up underneath me to sustain me going forward. I ended up leaving that studio, or getting fired from the studio, actually, um, because it, I mean, I don't really want to get into the story. There's really no story as to why I got fired. I just was in disagreements with the owner's wife. She didn't really like the the way that I didn't really jump when she said jump. I said no to things that she didn't want me to say no to. And, you know, I made a couple mistakes and they got rid of me. Cool. Um, my feelings was hurt for like a day, and I got over it. And then my mind started, my, I started, my mind started turning. Three months after that, I was in here. This house is owned by my family. I asked my family, you know, no, actually, no. My family told me, why you don't just build you a studio on the house? We not using it. It's not, you know, we it's, it's literally just an empty house. And I'm like, I didn't know that was an option. He like, yeah, I don't, you know, do it. Build a studio on that motherfucker. Make some money out of there. I'm like, okay, bet. A week later, or a few days later, we came in here. We cut that hole in the wall for the booth window. We moved my furniture and stuff in here. We did what we needed to do to the house, cleaned it, organized it. And I told people I was in business. Right? Told people I was in business. I already had a clientele up under me, under me because I had a studio before and my experience, my little three, four-month run working for this other studio, I was running across people and they really liked my work. I was good. I'm good at what I do. That's just all there is to it, right? So when I announced on my Instagram and whatever else, Plat, uh, 
you know, um, social media platform that I announced it on, people saw it and said, hell yeah, you got your own space. We in there. I was charging better rates in the studio I was working for. So they're like, I can get the same engineer for like 40% of the cost because that studio was charging $75 an hour. I was only charging 30, 35 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, I can get the same, the same engineer, the same skill level, the same quality damn near for way less. It's a no brainer. There was this white girl I used to work with named Christina. She's a singer. She's in Vegas. I believe she's a dancer now. But I had met her work in that studio. They assigned her to me as a client. Randomly. She didn't choose me. I think I met her in the lobby of the hotel. I mean, not hotel. Lobby of the studio. She was coming in. And I think I was standing there when they were signing her in. And she was paying. And I, was, I think I said something to her. And it was like, you want the session? I'm like, yeah, I'll take the session. We went out. We had, it was a studio. It was two studios on the lower level and two studios on the main level. She booked the cheaper studio in the basement. I remember, I think it was Studio 4000. It was 1000, 2000, 3000, and 4000. I think it was 4000 that she booked. 3000 or 4000, one of those two. And we got to working. It was something about me and her. It just, we bonded well creatively. And she she needed help with harmonies and I was able to help her with that. So we built a bond just by me helping her with her harmonies and her song, telling her where to put ad-libs and things like that. She's like, oh, I like this guy. Like she was kind of inexperienced with studio, you know, being in studios. She didn't have a set engineer. She didn't care. But that one day that I worked with her, she was like, oh, I'm with him. You know what I'm saying? And I know I'm long-winded, but I'm explaining this to, it's all about doing for self, you know? So it's not really unrelated, but I'm, I'm saying this to get to a point. That one time me working with Christina, she was like, oh no, I'm locked in with him because we get along, he's good at what he does, and he knows how to, exactly how to help me with the style of music that I'm doing. Um, she was a decent singer, great writer, but she was not, she was terrible at, I won't say terrible. She just wasn't knowledgeable of how to stack her vocals, how to do harmonies with her vocals, where to put ad-libs because she just didn't have the experience. But I did because I've consumed a lot of music and I've worked on a lot of music. My years and years of experience before this unknowingly prepared me for this very moment. So when I opened my own studio and I stopped working for that studio where we met, she was one of the, I think she was literally the first client that I had inside of here. She was like, how much is it going to cost for me to get these few songs done, recorded, mixed, and you help me with the vocal, you know, layering? I'm like, it'll be X amount of dollars. And she paid the whole thing. She sent me the money when I said it. I couldn't believe it was possible. I'm like, people really see the value in me. They're willing to pay me 
what I say I'm worth. Do for self. We walk around with this, this preconceived notion that the only way that you can make it is through concrete, foundational, beaten paths that have already been traveled. Jobs. Traditional methods of getting money. Doing an interview, making a resume, putting on a suit, and going to talk to somebody into convincing them to allow you to work for them for you to make money. People walk around believing that that's the only way to live and the only way to survive. Me being cynical, me being almost like <laughs> like anti anti society my mind was yearning and hungering for more than just that you know a plus b gets c i don't want that you wake up go do a job and then they pay you what they tell you your worth but i'm like i'm looking at all of these people that i watch interviews of every day whether it be uh, there's an interview of a porn star right here. You know, that's not a, the best example of people who are freelance and doing it on their own because even that industry is terrible. But I watch interviews of artists all day long. They're rich. A lot of them are rich, not all of them, right? But you look at somebody like Jay-Z, who's a billionaire today, right? How did he get there? Did he get there by going to work? Or did he get there by letting his nuts hang and figuring it out, saying, this is what I want and I'm going to go do it? If you listen to Jay-Z's story, he said he was denied by every record label. So what did he do? Him and Dame and Biggs clicked up and decided, okay, well, since they don't believe in us, we believe in us, let's just do it on our own. The traditional routes the foundational routes, the beaten path is not the only way to eat. But we're all brainwashed because we live in a society like America or the West in general or even the East. You think the only way to eat is the ways that they say you can eat. No. Money is everywhere outside. Opportunity is everywhere outside. There's opportunity inside. All you need is one of these. If you pick up this and find a way to market yourself, like I'm doing right now, find a way to add value to yourself, like I'm doing right now, you might not know where you're going to land. I didn't know my TikTok was going to go viral. But it did. You might not know where you're going to land. But the point is, I wasn't afraid to try things. I still haven't figured it all out. It's hard working for yourself because you have to create work for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. You know what I'm saying? No one's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. I have to find work. Or work, I have to wait for work to find me. But I have to advertise myself every day. This is hard. It's almost arguably 
harder than working a nine to five. But people are trying to convince me in the comments. There's a few people. It's, I'm, I'm, don't let me get to making it seem like there's more people than not talking negatively because it's not. It's not even close. The ratio is like 1,500 to one or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, But there are people in the comments in this video on my TikTok saying things like, you're just lazy. What would make you think this means that I'm lazy? This is harder than my nine to five. It's easier work, literally, but it's harder in the sense, I'm saying physically, it's easier work because I don't have to lift a 120-pound box over my shoulder like I used to. It's easier in that sense. It's easier that I get to decide my own schedule. But it's harder in the sense that I don't know where my next dollar coming from. But I'm still doing it. I'm not giving up. Because this is better. I could just spend more time with my sons this way. I get to take my sons to school. Because guess what? I don't have an employer telling me, well, you got to stay till 9 a.m. But my son go to school at 8.30. So I got to find somebody else to get them to get them to school if my employer said so. But because I say so, if someone wants to book a session at 8 in the morning, I could just be like, no, because I got to take my son to school. It happens all the time. Or they'll try to book a session for 3 p.m. I'm like, no, I got to pick my son up. That's the decision I get to make as a self-employed individual. Praise God. Praise my family. Praise my mama. Praise my cousin. Praise my friends for all the help and support and the belief that they have in me. But a fact is a fact. The freedom that I get by doing this is not labor intensive, but it's hard work. I don't have any, there's no cushion between me and the company and the customer. It's just me and the customer. If I make a mistake, guess who they come to see? Which means I got to be ironclad with my work. If I make a mistake, they come in to see me. If there's a dollar unaccounted for, they come in to see me. If I lie on my taxes, the IRS is coming to see me. There's no cushion between me and nothing else. I put myself at the head of this operation, this company, I do have an LLC. This is a real company. You know, this is a company because it's registered with the, with the government and it makes money. I pay taxes for this. You know what I'm saying? I put myself at the head of this, which means I'm the head in charge. I got to take the brunt of all of the blame. I got to fix all the mistakes. I got to figure it out when there's no work coming in. When I'm broke, I'm broke. I can't, I can't cash in some vacation time and get some money. I can't call nobody and say I'm sick and get paid anyway. You know how when you work for a job, you can call in and say I'm sick, and then you get sick pay. You think I get to do that? How do I get to do that? Who's going to give me sick pay? 
What am I going to call my client and say, hey, bro, I ain't feeling too good. Can you just pay me anyway? No. This don't work like that. For the, so for those of you trying to, like, paint a picture as if I'm lazier than you because I work for myself, how, bro? No, the problem is you too afraid to do what I've done. So you try to find a way to pick it apart or to criticize or to be negative about it because you can't figure out for the life of you why I would do something like that. Someone also left a comment in the, in the comment section saying, everybody always want to be a boss. You just do your job and go to work and just do your job and go home. Everybody can be a boss. I said, you're right. Everybody can be a boss, but I can I can. You know why? Because the people that become bosses are the ones that took the risk to do it. You know the saying, pay the cost to be the boss? What do you think that means? Do you think you become a boss by being too afraid to do it? Do you think you become a boss by working for a boss? You could, theoretically. But through companies, that's not usually the, the path you take. Through companies, you usually spend all of your life working for someone until you either die or retire. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a job because guess what? There isn't. I said I hated my job. I quit my job. I hated my job. I hated the people that managed me at my job. I hated the people I had to answer to. I hated a lot of my coworkers that I didn't have to answer to. Because they were assholes. So, like any sane person should do, if something is making you unhappy, uncomfortable, unfulfilled, you find something else. It's just that this was my something else. Just because you couldn't do that, or just because you didn't have this skill, or whatever it is, doesn't mean that I'm crazy. It just means this was my path. Why worry about my path? If you're fine with working your job, which I told plenty of people in the comments, work your job. If you're happy, don't listen to me. Listen to you. I'm not God. I don't have all the answers for everyone, but I have the answers for myself. Because we get to decide where we go in life. You know, God willing. But I get to decide my fate. You don't get to decide my fate, and I don't get to decide yours. <laughs> you know, aside me killing you or something like that, that's not, you know, it's not your business. I just put up a video saying I quit my job because I hated my job. So I wanted to do for self, which is the point. I wanted to do for myself. And I'm not sitting here like I, like I wanted to make it clear. I'm not sitting here making it seem as if I did this all on my own because I didn't, bro. If I didn't have people that love me, if I didn't have people that valued me, if I didn't have people that understood what I was capable of because I displayed it, 
if I didn't have people that saw what I couldn't see, none of this would have been possible anyway. Me and my cousin worked at the same company, the one that I quit, the last place I worked for. Me and him worked there together. He worked on a different shift, though. But when I quit, he was so happy, he said, our coworkers used to ask him because he was still there, like, how's your cousin, man? Is he doing all right? And he said he takes pride in the fact that he can go in there and tell them, oh, he's doing great. Because they got to watch me quit and make it and not have to come crawling back. And he's happy. He's happy. The same cousin that owns this house that the studio is built in that allows me to be here told me that he revels in the fact that he can go into that job and tell them that his family member quit that job with a straight face and is doing totally fine without that job. And that is very true. I'm fine. I'm doing better without that job than I was with it. I've gone on more vacations without the job than I have with it. I just came back from France in October working for myself. I just came back from Chicago this morning, last night. Went to Miami last summer, just on a weekend. Just went. When I was working at my other job, I went out of town a few times. I went to L.A., went to Atlanta, been to a few places, went to Chicago a few times. Never was, you know, I've never been, I, I haven't been broke, broke. Working, like, I, I used to work a job where I was making, like, $9 an hour, and I was young. I was working part-time, too. I wasn't making a lot of money. But since I was, like, 22 years old, I've been making pretty decent money. My point is, though, Working for myself, it wasn't a big lifestyle change. At first, it was hard because it was the beginnings of this business. I didn't have a lot of clients. My value wasn't what it is now. So I wasn't getting paid what I do now. But now, I either live as good or better, depending on the month, because I work for myself. What I make every month is different. Depending on the month, though, some months I live way better than I used to live working at that job. But I'll tell you overall, the bigger picture, I work for myself, so I have more freedom every day. Every day I have more freedom. The concept of doing for self, it encompasses a lot of things. Us as a community. Black people spend a lot of time complaining about their neighborhoods. Not just black people. Let me rephrase. People spend a lot of time complaining about things that they can change. I saw this video of Jeff Bezos, one of the, like, the richest men in the world, second richest man in the world or something like that. So, But this video was from before he was that rich. He was rich, though, already. And fuck him, you know, overall, you know, um, because he treats his employees like trash. And not him directly, so maybe that's not fair to say. But regardless, you you get the point. But he said 
nine times out of 10, stress comes from worrying about something that you can change. You're stressed about cutting your, your grass, being your, your lawn being in disarray. And you're stressing about it because you keep running through your mind like, man, I need to get to that. I mean, I need to get to that. You're stressed about having to fold all them clothes you've been having sitting in baskets for weeks. You're stressed about cleaning your bathroom. You're stressed about having to go to work. Isn't that ironic? We stress ourselves out about these things that we can change. I found myself going to work every day stressing. And I kept doing it for years, stressing, feeling depressed, going into work like, when does this end? What is the answer to this problem? When do I get to find happiness? Where is my escape? Stressing. But the answer was that I could just quit and figure something else out. When it comes to our neighborhoods as a community, the things that we want, the things that are wrong with our neighborhoods really can be changed by us all. Everything doesn't have to be done through democracy. Politics, it doesn't have to come down to that. New Era Detroit is a radical group, quote unquote, that protects their own neighborhoods and their own people without the help of law enforcement or anyone else because it's just that simple. Not to demean the work that they put into doing what they do, but the point is, if you want something done, who but you would be better suited to do it? If your neighborhood is trashy and dirty, if we really cared as a community, all we have to do is band together and do it, or an individual can do it. I've seen it. I've seen neighbors rake their lawn, rake their neighbor's leaves, and all sorts of things. When I just shoveled snow, when it snowed here in Detroit a couple weeks ago, I, I shoveled my walkway. I shoveled my neighbor's walkway all the way up to her porch. I didn't go on her porch because I felt like it was a little too far, but I shoveled her old walkway. She came outside later and was like, you shovel? I said, yeah, I did. She was like, thank you. And I shoveled because I didn't want to just shovel my part of the sidewalk and, and my, only my walkway. I wanted it to look nice in front of the whole house. Now, I don't always do that because sometimes I'm tired, but I did it. I've had a neighbor, my neighbor who used to, who used to live in the same house that the lady lives in now. She... I mean, he, sometimes he would cut his own grass and would just cut mine just because. And I'm like, damn, man, you cut my grass? He's like, yeah, I just figured I might as well knock both of ours out since I'm out here. I'm like, damn, man, thank you. I appreciate that. The point is that if you want something done, you can do it. See, but the problem is, and even me, we complain about a lot of things, but we don't really want it to change because if we did, we would just change it. Look at the Black Panthers in the, in, in the past. They decided 
okay, what are we going to do? Are we just going to keep letting the police beat our ass? They're gonna, we're going to just let the police keep coming in here, harassing the neighborhood, terrorizing the neighborhood, and we're just going to let them keep killing our people? So what did they do? They armed themselves. They militarized themselves. They educated themselves on the law. And they fought back. And they protected their Oakland neighborhood. Same with New Era Detroit. They're not fighting against the police, but they're fighting against crime. They said, what are we going to do? Are we just going to let these wild people run around killing kids and selling drugs to pregnant women? And Why would we let them do that if we don't like it? Why not get up and do something about it? It's the same with your day job. If you don't like your job, do something about it. You call me crazy, but guess what? I think you crazy. I think if you're doing something that makes you unhappy and you keep doing it without looking for a way out of it, you crazy. By definition, trying to get different results from the same actions, you're crazy. Now, I'm not saying everybody that works a job is unhappy because that's not true. If you like your job, I, I repeat, Keep your job. Work it with pride. The problem is I didn't like my job. So I did something about it. Now I'm happy because I get to watch YouTube. I get to play video games and I get to make money on my terms. I get to say no to some clients and I get to accept work when I want it. Some days I make more money in a day than I did in two weeks working my other jobs, but I'm crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I'm happy. I'm not crazy. I'm fighting for something better because guess what? When you leave your job, can you give your position at that company to your son? But guess what? I'm already teaching my five-year-old son how to do this. I've already taught him how microphones work. I've already taught him how some of this stuff is hooked up. He's only five. My other son is only four. They be in here playing with this microphone, this one. That's not to be understated. This is a skilled trade. Because guess what? It's music. Is something, do you, do you think people are going to stop making music in the next few decades? Do you think music is going to be a thing that disappears from society soon? I don't think so. I think people will always have a need to express themselves. So guess what that makes me? Invaluable. It makes me <laughs> very important. <laughs> it makes me extremely important. So if I teach my sons how to work this stuff that the average person doesn't know how to work at all, let alone when they're five. My kids are growing up in a studio. Doesn't mean they have to pursue music. But my point is, guess what? If I died today, this is theirs. This is their stuff. Several Tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment is theirs. And a skill to go with it, to make money with it. 
If I decide today I don't want to do this no more and I wanted my son, say my son was 18, 13 years from now, and I was like, you know, I don't want to do this engineering thing no more at all. And my son was like, well, I'll do it. I can do that. I can make that decision working for myself. But if you work for FedEx, like I did, I worked for FedEx for four years of my life when I was between the ages of 18 and 22. When I quit FedEx, do you think I could walk my son in there and be like, oh, he's going to take my job now? They'd be like, what? You crazy? We don't care about your son. We don't even care about you. So why would we care about your son? We're not giving him a job just because he can apply. And you can even put a word in, but that still don't guarantee that he'll get the job. That's not power. It's favor. It can be favor, depending on your relationship with the company. And, you know, there are jobs that'll do nepotist things like that. They'll take your son or your cousin and stuff like that through recommendation. Absolutely. It's how I actually got my last job. My homeboy recommended me. They noted that in the interview, like, yeah, you were recommended by Antoine. He's pretty good here. You know, it got me favor. But it don't guarantee nothing because as soon as they decide to fire my son, should they hire him through recommendation by me? Well, what am I going to say? What am I going to be like? You can't fire my son. But guess what, though? How somebody going to fire my son from something that we own? I'll wait. How's somebody going to fire my son from something that we own? The power in doing something like this means me and both of my sons can all own studios all throughout the city. I'm not saying that that's the route that they have to take. It might not be the route that they take at all. My kids like music, but I don't know if they'll love music the way that I did. And that's a reality that I'm familiar with. You know, you know, just because you did something doesn't mean your kids will take to it the way you did. My kids like my foot might like football. My kids might like, you know, whatever. My kids might like they might might like medical. They might like um, working with blood. They might like doing surgery. My kids might like whatever. You know, it is no telling what somebody might like. But should they decide to do music, I have the power to put them in position to win day one. As soon as they say, Dad, I want to do music for a living, I can sit him in his seat and give him a paycheck. I can do that today. You know what I'm saying? But can you do that with a job? Not necessarily. Now, you can save up and get a 401k and do a Roth IRA for your children. You can invest for your children. All of that is possible. And you should. You know? But the point that I'm talking about is just in terms of jobs. I have the power to pass something to my sons. So call me crazy if you want to. But if you got kids, I hope you got a plan for them. Because it's only getting harder and harder out here. So you think I'm crazy? I think you crazy. <laughs> I think you crazy. <laughs> But yeah, man, doing for self is a big is a big thing. You know, I didn't want to wait around. I don't want to have to beg somebody to do things for my children. You know, that's not something I'm interested in doing. I want my children to be able to decide for themselves what their lives will look like. 
I want them to be able to decide when they wake up in the morning, eh, am I going to go to Turks and Caicos today? Let's do it. I want my sons to be like, let's leave and go to Africa for a month. Because that's what I'm working towards for myself. I just went to Chicago for four days. I didn't have, have to answer to nobody. Nobody was calling me, looking for me like, when are you coming back to work? No. I'm working towards it. You know, four days ain't a month. But four days work, going and not have to worry about whether or not, you know, my vacation is going to be covered and my boss ain't going to be mad that I took this vacation and stuff. That's, that's something that I've very, I cherish a lot. I, went, I just went to Chicago for four days just on a whim. It was just something we decided to do, me and my girlfriend. Ain't nobody looking for me. I ain't have to ask nobody to do that. I just did it. Like, yeah, I'm leaving. And that's a decision I get to make. And that's what I want for my children because I had a taste of it. So now I want it for them more than I want it for myself. So I'm putting in the work. I'm taking the necessary risk to set my children up so that when they become of age, when they graduate high school, they already have money waiting for them. It's already waiting for them. And they'll be able to be like, well, what are we doing today? What are we doing this month? What are we doing this year? Or I want to move to Europe and not have to worry about anything. You know, that's what I want for my children. Let's go to Africa for a month and let's just do some missionary work. Or let's do, let's just go lay on the beach for a month. I don't, whatever they want, I want them to have it. But you're not going to do that. My plan is safe. Jay-Z, Diddy. Anybody you can think of with large amounts of money. Kanye West. All these people that we know in the door. They can do that. Kanye has a son named, a, a kid named Chicago. Or Shy, or whatever he named his kid. Saint. He could be like, Saint, where you want to go when he, when he gets older? Where you want to go? Like, Dad, I want to go to London. Here, take this money. Go buy you a house, a condo in London, or rent it for as long as you want it. Take this car or take whatever, take this money to rent a car. Here's some per diem. And go, go to London and do whatever you want for as long as you want. That's what he can do. That's what I would like. I would love to be able to do that. Someday. I'm not able to do that now. But even my kids are afforded freedoms that some that I wasn't afforded when I was a kid. You know, I grew up very poor. I couldn't go in the refrigerator and decide what I wanted to eat all the time. Not, you know, sometimes, of course, a lot of times. But sometimes we, when things got bad in my household, there was only one choice of what to eat. And it might not even be what you wanted. My kids can walk in the refrigerator right now and decide what they want and don't want. Do for yourself. Do for yourself. It'll make you happier. Do for yourself. And that looks like many things. You can work a job and still do for yourself. That might look like, like I said, saving, investing, Making a financial plan. Making your money work for you. That's what we all supposed to be doing anyway. But do for self. If you can, do it.
And until you can, work towards it with that goal in mind. Another young lady left a comment on my video saying, every job, you should go into every job with a plan, a concrete plan with a particular time frame locked, you know, set to that plan. And you should go into that job, tunnel vision into that plan, and you should execute it and then get out of the job. A job is not supposed to be your coffin. A job is supposed to be a stepping stone to the next place. I'm done. Streams episode 12. I'm Rare Karan. I'll holler at y'all. I appreciate everybody following, commenting, viewing, sharing, doing stitches on TikTok, all of that. I appreciate it. Holla at me next week. Cause life's a phony bitch. If age is just numbers, then why we fear time? Reincarnation, maybe Holly Selassie this time. What intarnation? Maybe I'm a philosopher slime. They still talk shit about me. Cut back your gossiping time. Dinosaurs down to the fossils. Gray hair follicles now.